this tonight, but I want you to think about something. The Bible says all things are possible to those who believe. So I don't know about you, but all things means anything. So what is the limitation? God put no limitations on it. Did you know that God put a limitation on resurrection when he said, Lazarus, come forth? You know what would have happened if he had not said Lazarus? Everybody that was dead would have come forth. That is the power that's resident in God. That is, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto the salvation of those who believe. So when God said all things are possible, he did put a restriction. The only restriction he put on that is to those who would believe. Now, obviously, if we read the whole counsel of God's word, you, you just don't believe for anything that you want. I want the moon to come closer. No, that's, we're not talking about that. We're talking about in the context of who God is and what God is doing and the promises that he's made and the work he did at the cross of Calvary, right? But all things are possible for those who believe. Not some things, not most things, all things, right? So the goal then is to believe. Well, belief, another word for belief is faith. Well, how do I, how do I grow in faith? Faith comes by and hearing by the Word of God, right? Because the more the Word of God uh, opens us to hear from God and what God's will is, the more our faith can also grow. And faith comes and the Word of God grows faith in our life. So we're going to be looking at the prayer of faith today out of James 5, 13 through 20. The Bible says, is anyone among you suffering? James says, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs, unless it's not your gift. Is, is anyone among you sick? <laughs> let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, obviously, you'll realize as I'm reading this that how I memorize this is a little different sometimes as what is written, but it's the same scripture, okay? Uh, the effectual or the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produces fruit, brethren, is anyone among you, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. So I'm going to put a pause here because I forgot to mention something. We are every service uh, when we begin the announcements and then also doing uh, the preaching. We are going to have our AI program on. Um, if uh, we want you to invite people that. Um, maybe aren't comfortable in an English language. We have the ability to translate that. We did work it on Sunday. It worked pretty good. Uh, they did the reading part, but also if you bring your headphones, you, it'll actually talk to you in a different language. And so how you get there is through the uh, QR code that we have posted in the back. And what we'll do almost every single time, if you want to pull that up, is we'll put the QR codes over here as well. 
and uh, it actually works. You take your camera and you shine it over that QR code and when it shines over, it'll give you like a little website. You push the link and it'll take you right there, right? So we'll do the Jeopardy music. Da, 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 da. Almost there. I think it's important. I'm, I want to I wanna really focus down on this. I think it's important. Should be in the in the beginning slides. Huh? Oh, it's not on there. I'm sure it is at the very top, but don't worry about it. It should be on the scrolling slides. There's also that in the back as well. So we'll make sure that that is up every single time because it takes a while to develop a habit. It takes a while to develop something. And so even if I forget it the first, I'm going to go back and I'm going to make sure because I want to get into the habit, uh, uh, a good habit of making sure that we understand this is where we're going. Okay, so in that text, I read the whole text because I think it's important. Some people don't read scripture as much as they should or sometimes they just go in and grab a scripture and they don't read it in context. So anytime I'm going to teach on something, even though I'm, I'm going to focus on part of that, I want to read the whole context, the passage that we're in. But the, really the verse, the key verse that we're going to be looking at is uh, James chapter 5, verse 15. The Bible says, the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. So in this text, James is telling us what people that are in a state of disease, and the reason I use the word disease, and I really the, word, the way I wrote it is the word dis-ease. I'll tell you about that in a second. But people that are in a state of disease, uh, he tells them what they can do to bring remedy to their situation. I use the word disease for a reason. When I say disease, I mean dis-ease. Dis-ease. The prefix is the word dis, which when added to the front of some words, forms the opposite. So dis-ease is the opposite of ease, right? So what does the word ease mean? The, the dictionary defines the word ease in this way. The state of being comfortable, freedom from pain or discomfort, freedom from care, freedom from labor or difficulty, relief from discomfort or obligation. So if you're in a state of ease, you're, you're feeling pretty good, right? There's no sickness, there's no discomfort, there's no labor, there's no difficulty, you're not struggling with breathing, you're not struggling with pain, you're not struggling with disease, you're not struggling, I mean, that, that's what the word ease means, okay? So you put the word dis in front of it, and it means the opposite, that you're battling with sickness, you're battling with disease, you're battling with breath, you're battling with all these, not bad breath, but I'm talking about the ability to breathe. <laughs> you're battling with these things in your life, right? It's not, you're not where you should be. You're in a state of disease, okay? So um, when we add the word dis in front of ease, we get more than just sickness. We get a more rounded out picture of what sickness can do. To be diseased is to be in pain or discomfort, to be full of cares, to be in labor or difficulty, to be experiencing discomfort and profound obligation. Um, if you're caught up in some kind of vice, you can be in a state of disease because your mind is not at ease, your, your emotions are not at ease, your body is not at ease, right? 
So as we get older, many older people battle with arthritis, and so you're not at ease when the temperature drops or when the, 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 the atmosphere changes. It hurts. It's, it's painful. Some of us have no people that uh, we have people in our body that battle with rheumatoid arthritis, and I just want you to know that that is not God's will. Right? That would be considered a state of dis-ease. So who does... James addresses instructions to. He gives instructions to Christians, but he's given these instructions to a certain type of Christian. He gives these instructions to people who are experiencing dis-ease. And what does he say? First thing he tells you to do is pray, right? James 5.13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. So, what instructions does he give the person that's suffering? Pray yourself right the first thing we're to do when we're not whole is we're to pray for our own healing unfortunately we live in a kind of culture where we no longer seem to want to do things for ourselves we would rather pay somebody to do it for us I'm not talking about people that actually need others to help them with things I'm talking about the mentality that no longer wants to do anything anymore People are in severe debt today because they no longer want to wash their own car. They no longer want to wash their own clothes. They no longer want to keep their own yards. They no longer want to cook their own food. And I'm not saying if you have the money you can't do this, but I'm talking about in general, this is the, the mentality that society has. And a lot of the new, new kids that are coming up, they say, well, we can't afford to live life. Well, you can. You just can't do it like your parents did it. That's not how they started right they bought a house how they started some of them had a had a push mower with no motor on it and they got out there and they said we better have kids fast <laughs> and then you had a lawnmower as probably a little 18 inch lawnmower you know with a motor on it and you're pushing pushing because I know I was one of those kids that had to do it right and then you get a little more money, you can get a self-propelled lawnmower, you know. And nowadays, nobody wants that anymore. Everybody wants a zero turn, right? I know at Tractor Supply, they sell the, I don't know what they call the regular riding lawnmowers, and that was the fashion for a little while, but now nobody wants to buy those anymore. They do because they're cheaper. They want the zero turn. I'll be honest with you, I want a zero turn, right? Because I got, I got two girls, and they don't really want to mow the lawn, so I got to mow the lawn, so I want that zero turn, but I don't have one of those, right? So I got I to gotta drive the... the, the the, the inferior Hyundai instead of Cadillac. I got to drive one of them little tractors. Hello, at least I'm not having to push. I'm just I'm trying to get you into the reality that nobody wants to really do anything anymore if they can pay for it, right? So James is telling the church something that we would do well for us to heed as well. First, we must learn how to pray ourselves. Right Now, we're not saying that it's wrong to call other people to pray, and James is not saying it's wrong to call other people to pray, because the next thing he says is, call the elders to pray. You see, if we're unable to pray, or we're unable to get breakthrough, or we need help getting over in prayer, then he instructs those that are diseased to call for the elders of the church and to let them pray over them. You see, there's power in prayer and there is power in the prayer of agreement Hallelujah. right so 
but I want you to understand that the context here is James is saying this is God's will. If you pray, you, you should be praying for healing. You should be praying for freedom from your affliction, right? And if you can't get a breakthrough, then get some other people to come and they will pray with you so that you can get freedom from your affliction, right? These are the instructions that James is given to the Christians about what the will of God is for the situation that they are in. There is power in prayer, and there's power in the prayer of agreement. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. There's no if, ands, maybe, uh, uh, for some, for maybe not for others, not for me. No, it will. For everyone. Is there anybody there that's not included in everyone? I don't know about you, but I think I'm included in everyone. How about you, Mr. Lee? Are you included with it? Everybody. You know who's included in everyone? Everyone. You know what everyone comes from the Greek word that means everyone. <laughs> everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks who knocks, it will, to the one who knocks, it will be open. Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Yeah, I know it says that, but you know, it doesn't always happen that way. Well, you know, I'm, again, I don't want to lower the bar. I want to get the bar back to where it is. You see, we want to determine the will of God based on our experience. Or we want to determine the will of God based on what we've been taught. Or we want to determine the will of God based on what others have said or what we've heard said. But that's not how you determine the will of God. You determine the will of God by what God's Word says. Now, if your experience or somebody's experience doesn't match the word, it doesn't mean that the word is untrue. It just means that we got a little more work to do because the experience at some point has to get to where the word says it is. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. So we have the first thing we're supposed to do is pray. The next thing we're supposed to do is, and I want to look at the call for prayer. James 5.14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call. Now, maybe on your telephone, however you got to do it. They didn't have telephones back then, right? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The second thing of note is that when James tells us to call for the elders, the thought is not that they're calling for people in a position. No, the thought is rather that the people they are calling, the reason that they're in that position is because they are people of faith. You know, there are people in positions that have no faith. You say, well, prove it to me. Pharisees. Right? Knew the Word of God. Taught the Word of God. And they had no faith. When they saw Jesus, had no faith. Right? So you, you can know the Word of God, live in the Word of God, and have no faith. They're not looking for people of position. They're looking for people of faith. That's what the Bible is teaching us, right? 
Acts 6, 3 through 5. The, the, the point, you hope that the people are in the position are people that are people of faith. It says here, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. So who they put in a position of a deacon? They didn't put somebody in a position of a deacon that didn't have to work a lot. That wasn't the criteria. The criteria was not somebody goes into position of the deacon because they have a lot of money or they have a lot of time. No, the criteria was that they were full of the Holy Spirit. And Stephen shows us what a man full of the Holy Spirit is. It's a man full of faith. Acts 11, 22 and 24. The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, and full of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. Right? So what kind of people were being chosen for leadership? People that were full of the Holy Spirit and people that were full of faith. Now, that may not always be happening today, but this is the very beginnings of the church, and this is what the church was instructed by the Lord to look for, is people of faith. So when they were calling for people to pray, they weren't calling for people of position because they were in position. They were calling for people in position because the people that were in position should have been people of faith. Am I, making, am I making sense to you? Because I don't even know if that made sense to me. In other words, call the pastor. Why? Because he's the pastor. No. Call the pastor. Why? Because he has faith. Now, I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking about the, the position itself. So, so then the third thing we want to look at is we want to look at the prayer of faith. Because the Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. Hallelujah. So the, the phrase prayer of faith is made up of two nouns. What is a noun? You didn't know that you'd be back in English again, but that's okay. If you speak Spanish, we're translated. No, just kidding. A noun is a word that represents a person, place, or thing, or quality that can function as the subject or object of a verb. So here in this prayer of faith, we have two types of nouns. We have what's called a nominative noun, the case that normally refers to the subject of a verb or a noun following a form of the verb to be or to become. And then we also have a genitive noun, and a genitive noun basically qualifies or restricts a noun by means of a special qualification. For instance, there's a, there, if you're talking, uh, it is typically expressed in English by the preposition of. For example, in the phrase throne of the king, you have two nouns. The, the noun king is in the genitive and qualifies the type of throne. What type of throne it is? It's the king's throne. So it's not any type of throne. It's restricted by the word king. Now, why is this important? I don't need to know all this. Well, yes, you do. Because prayer, in this case, is the nominative noun and faith is the genitive. What does that mean? The second noun restricts the word prayer to a certain type of prayer. What kind of prayer is it that will save the sick? It's not just prayer. Some people think that prayer is going to do it, but that's not what James teaches. It is a certain type of prayer. What kind of prayer are you talking about? The Bible says it's the prayer of faith. 
right? So just, you know, I was taught to pray this way. There was no faith in that, right? Saying the Lord's Prayer, you can say it without faith. Or you can say it with faith. It's not the prayer, it's the faith that activates the prayer. That's what's important. Let's, let me use a passage in Mark to bring more light to what, what I'm saying. In Mark eleven twenty two through 23, Jesus answered them, have faith in God. I like the translation that says, have God-like faith. For truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Now we notice in this passage, and at the context of this passage, is prayer. No, you might say to yourself, no, this isn't prayer, this is declaration. It is declaration, but the context is prayer, because declaration is a certain type of prayer. All right? So, we notice that this passage, in this passage, that it's not prayer in and of itself that sees mountains or obstacles move. It's a certain type of prayer. What type of prayer is it? It is the prayer of faith. So it's not just the act of praying, it's praying and believing. It's praying in faith. Back in the scripture in James, it's not just the prayer of a person that heals the sick. It's not the prayer of a certain type of person that heals the sick. It is a certain type of prayer that heals the sick. And the prayer of will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. So to be more specific, anyone can pray. Did you know that unbelievers can pray? And they can pray as a ritual to do more. Listen, an unbeliever can pray, and they can pray as a ritual, right? The ritual, uh, actually unbelievers sometimes can pray more in faith than sometimes believers can. But bottom line, they, they can be taught how to pray. Uh, we, we taught our kids before they became Christians. Um, they, they got saved before they became saved, how to pray over the meal, right? And so how did we teach them? God is great. God is good. That's what they would say. Let us thank him for our food. By his stripes we are fed. Thank you, God, for daily bread. And, you know, they wanted to eat so sometimes so bad. They said, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for food. Right? Now, was there any prayer in that? I mean, any faith in that? No. They were learning a prayer, right? So, now, is there anything wrong with that? That thing? No. But what, what activates it is faith. If you're 21 years old and you're still doing the same thing and there's no faith involved, what does it help? Well, there's a lot of people running around here that they take their heads off whenever somebody prays, but they, I mean, their hats off, not their heads. Yeah, they take their hats off. If they take their head off, you know, there's something, something else is wrong there, okay? So we need to call the elders of the church, you know. But they take their hats off. But there's no faith in that. They're just, it's just an act of reverence. It's just something that they've learned, right? An unbeliever can pray. In the same way a Christian can pray, but pray no differently than an unbeliever. Why? Because when they pray, they're simply going through a ritual. They're praying, but they're not praying in faith. So if you're not praying in faith, then you might be praying in unbelief. Because really, there's no middle ground. If you have faith, or you don't have faith. Right? 
So is it wrong to pray as a ritual or to pray as a regular thing? No, but you want to get to where when you pray, you pray in faith. Am I making sense? Okay, so the key in this verse is not that one is a Christian, but that one is believing. Again, it's not the prayer itself, but the type of prayer. It is a prayer of faith. Prayer without faith is the contrast to what is meant by the prayer of faith. And what this text is referring to is the prayer that is made in faith. Now that begs the question. What is faith? Well, Hebrews 11, we won't spend a lot of time on this, but we will just because it has the best definition for it, Hebrews 11 and then 1 and then verse 6. And I'm going to use the Amplify, which I think they have out there. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things that we hope for being the proof of things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. Okay, so we live in a natural world separated from God. When we were, uh, as creation, created in relationship with God, it was my, my belief system. I'm not saying this scientifically. I'm not trying to prove it to you. My belief is that it was our spirits that, were, uh, that ran the show. We heard from God, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. The Lord would speak to us spirit to spirit, and our spiritual man is what ran, what God said is what we believed and what we did. It would run through our minds, our wills, our emotions, and then, and then filter out through our body. So God spoke to us, we believed what God said, we, we figured out how to do what God said, and then we would do it with our bodies. Then when we were separated from God, now man's mind, as I was telling you before, became the determining factor for what could or could not happen or what was right, what was wrong, what we reason became the determining factor, right? And so when, and when we reason, the way that we're taught is scientifically you have to prove something in order to establish it, right? We believe it because we see it. We can prove it. We can write it out. We can do this. We believe it because we see it. That's how we function as a society. The only problem is that's not how the kingdom of God works. J Jesus told Thomas, he's, when Thomas said, if I don't see it, I won't believe it. Now, Jesus really wanted Thomas to get to a place because he was going to be one of the 12 pillars of the, the apostolic uh, uh, church, and he was one of them. And so he showed himself to Thomas, and Thomas said, now I, I believe. When Jesus said, put your hand in my side. Put the, and then he told Thomas, he said, you believe because you see. But blessed are those, and we could actually just add our, our own study Bible, Woody's got a study Bible, and I don't know if you know this, but the notes on the side of the study, that's not scripture. Some people read a study Bible like that's scripture. It's not. It's somebody's opinion. But if I was going to put my opinion in there, it would say, uh, blessed are those who live by faith. Blessed are those who do not see, yet they believe. So in other words, I read in the Bible that God says something, but my circumstances are telling me the opposite. 
God whispers, this is what I'm going to do in your life. This is what I want to do in your life. Remember, he talks about the rhema word. God makes it real to us, and so we have a choice. Am I going to believe the circumstances, or am I going to believe what God says? And we say, well, if the circumstances start showing, you know, then I'll start believing what God says. And actually, God is saying, in order for the circumstances to show, you're going to have to believe what I say before they start showing. It's actually your belief that will open the door for the circumstances to change. Abraham wavered not through unbelief, but grew strong in faith, believing that what God said, Rick interpretation, Rick translation, God would bring to pass. He was walking for 25 years on a word from God, and everything in his life told him it's a lie. It's not going to happen. You're never going to have, you're not even going to have a multitude come from your loins. You're not even going to have one kid come from your loins. That's what the devil tells you. And so you have a choice at that particular situation. You have a choice to believe God, or you have a choice to believe the circumstances. And behind, oftentimes, those circumstances is the devil telling you, God ain't going to do that. That ain't God. So what is faith? Faith is believing God. Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to God. For whoever would come near to God must believe that God is, exists. Has any one of y'all ever seen God? Has anybody ever seen God? I've never seen God. Never seen Him. But I believe He exists. Why? Because I have faith. And my faith, the faith that God gave to me, but that faith uh, in believing that God's Word was true, that if I called on the Lord, I would be saved, when by faith I did that and I believed, I began to receive what God's Word said in my life. But it didn't come because I was uh, 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 intellectually stimulated and all of a sudden it made logical sense because the bottom line is the Word of God is foolishness to the world. But to those who believe, it is the wisdom of God and the power of God because faith unlocks that. And what is faith? Believing God despite my circumstances. I'm going, we're talking about uh, uh, disease, right? Well, the doctor said this. My family says this. The genetics, uh, Ancestry.com says this. But the Word of God says this. Well, the only one that's giving me hope is the Word of God. Yeah, but logic, doctors, science, all this. Well, I don't know about you, but I called on God and I got saved because he said if I called on him, I got saved. God says in his word that if I call on him, if you ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened to you. God's word says if you ask, you will have it. If you seek, you will find it. If you knock, it will be opened to you. So I choose to believe God. He's the only one that's giving me hope. Right? I believe God. And I'm going to walk like a believer. I don't care. I'm turning everything else out. Well, you look like a fool. I don't care. The foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of this world. Right? But this so-called fool is going to experience the power of God in this life because it's faith that opens the door for the power of God to move in your life. Am I making sense to you? So what is the results of the prayer of faith? James 5.15. 
and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The phrase, raise him up, comes from one Greek word, egairo. It can mean to raise up, get up, awaken, stir, or arouse. In this context, it carries the meaning of restoration, causing again to be and also to restore. So the word for save here is from the Greek word sozo. It does mean salvation, but it means more than that. It means deliverance, healing, and really can be summed up by the one word wholeness. So this text is telling us that the prayer of faith will make the diseased person whole. You can be diseased in your spirit. You can be diseased in your soul. You can be diseased in your body. And all of that needs the power of God, the grace of God, the, the virtue of God to change it. Well, how's it going to do that? That's not for me to figure out. It's just for me to believe. I'm not a scientist. Don't claim to be a scientist. What I am is a believer. If you're a Christian, you know what you are? A believer. He said, no, I'm a Christian. Well, the word Christian is supposed to be synonymous with believer. You do have a lot of Christians that are non-believers. I will give you that. They can believe enough to get saved, but they can't believe God for anything else. But you're, by definition, you are a believer. A believer in who? God. Right? And that brings me to, to this thing that I want to bring out here. How does the prayer of faith make the sick person whole? James goes on to describe the process. It's not the prayer itself that makes the sick person whole. It's the person to whom the prayer is made that makes the sick person whole. You see, I want to bring something out here real, real important, okay? Because I'm believing God for some things in my life. And if I'm not careful, and I have gotten here before, I began to think that it was all determined by how much I can believe. So it wasn't, no long, it wasn't God anymore, it was me. And the picture that I had in my mind's eye was when God told Moses to raise the staff, that somehow or another I was, I got to hold that staff up. Ooh, I can't let the staff down. Oh, my God. Oh, that, 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 if I don't keep that staff up, the, the winds are going to come down. Oh, no, 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 no. Faith believes God. And he said, raise the staff. So he raised the staff. He was just obeying God. He believed what God said and he obeyed God. Who moved the water? Did Moses move the water? No. Moses partnered with God, but the Bible says a east, I mean a wind began to blow. The Bible, when it uses the word wind, is often it's the same word for the spirit. God began to move. So what faith does, when you obey God, it opens the door for God to move in your life. The one that brings the healing is God. We don't heal. But we believe. And the belief is what opens the door and releases God to do what he said he wants to do. Am I making sense to you? So it's not the prayer itself that makes the sick person whole. It's the person to whom the prayer is made that makes the sick person whole. James says, and the Lord will raise him up. Again, this reminds me again of the scripture in Mark eleven twenty two. 22. Jesus said, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. This is the key part. It will be done 
for him. So the person praying doesn't do it. Who does it? God. Now we're not saying faith isn't important. What we're saying is that your faith is not what heals you. It's the prayer of faith that opens the door for God and His will to manifest in your life. What He's already said in His Word that He wants to do. So in this text, the actions being taken by the believer are those of declaration and command. However, the overall context of this passage is one of prayer. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So there are different aspects to prayer. Here we see that declaration and command are part of them, and I want to emphasize two things. First, the context of this passage being prayer. It's the object or, or our, our, of, of our prayer, or to be specific, the person being prayed to God that is key. The Bible says here that in this type of prayer, the one who is praying, if they persist in their stance, what they are praying for will be done for him. We just brought that out. Again, it's not the believer who's actually doing it, but the one whom the believer is standing in relationship with and the one whom the believer is praying towards. Back in our text, James says even more specifically, who does the healing when he says, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. So we see that our responsibility as people of faith is to pray to God in faith. That's important. Because some people pray, but there's no faith. Right? How much faith do I have to have? That's really not a valid question. It doesn't say you have to have a lot of faith or a little bit of faith. You just have to have faith. What does faith look like? I believe. Help my unbelief. Right? Your word says it, Lord. I don't know if I have the strength, the faith, but your word says it, and I want to take you at your word. So I'm going to do what your word says because I believe you're true. But I'm, I'm hurting. I'm hard. It's hard. You know, sick people are hurting. I've been there. I know what it's like when you're in pain, right? And then you're, you're trying to fight when you're in pain, your difficulty. That's why you've got to call for people to help you when, during times of prayer because sometimes you're just not there. You're drained emotionally. You're drained physically. You're drained spiritually, you know? It's like, it's like you know you need to spend time in the word of God, but you're sick and you don't want to do it. Right? Oh, I'm going to turn the Word of God on. I'm going I'm to have it play in my ears, and the next thing you know, you're sleeping. Right? Because you got medicine going in. I'm not opposed to medicine. You're taking medicine. You're doing these things, you know, and it's, it's just very di- And so you're believing God, but sometimes your faith has to also be evident by calling people and say, I need prayer to help me get over on this one. But I believe it's God's will for me to get over. So we see that our responsibility as people of faith is to pray to God in faith, and the Lord responds to our prayer of faith by healing the person. So in summing things up today, in our text, James is telling us Christians, he's telling, who, that, who are in a state of disease, what they can do to bring remedy to their situation. I'm not preaching on this, but it reminds me about the, the time when the Israelites were in the desert and they were being bitten by snakes, Right? So what did God say? Although people, obviously, they just wanted God to take the snakes away. We, we want God to take COVID away. We want God to take uh, all disease away. You know, and I, I, I want that too, but that's not how it works. Right? So what happens when they're in the desert? They got bit. 
Sometimes when we're going through life, we get bit. Right? So what was God's remedy? God's remedy is, I'm going to put that snake on a pole. That snake is a type of Christ who took sickness and disease upon him and was raised up on a pole. And he said, when you're bit, if you're bit, when you're bit, you go and look at the pole. Now, you're not going to go look at a pole you don't believe in because you just got bit. You probably got 30 minutes before you start really getting to a place where you're going to die. Maybe an hour. You think, well, well, the pole's right there. No, the pole might be something like that, and you're a couple of miles away. You got to get to the pole. You got to get to a place where you can see the pole, right? So if you believe, you're going to move towards the pole. And God said, if you look at the pole, now are you demonstrating faith? Yes, because you believe God. How do you know that you believe God? Because you're moving to the pole. Were there some people that didn't move towards the pole? I bet they were. But I'm sure the ones that did, they would tell the other people, it works. And so what they would do is they would move towards the pole. So they got bit. They had to go in faith because bottom line is they had to believe the Word of God because they probably said the same, I was looking at a pole, going to make me better. Right? No, no, I, I don't need you to do that. What I need you to do is, is get that little bone over there and cut my skin and suck the poison out. No, they didn't even know about that back then. And by the way, in case you're wondering about that, they pretty much say that doesn't work. All you do is get poison in your mouth. <laughs> That's all you do. Right? I'm not saying not to, I'm just saying that uh, that kind of has been rebutted a little bit. It doesn't really work, you know. Um, but some of the nurses will come back and they'll do the research and let me know. But the bottom line is, they could have said, that's crazy. That, no, no, you know, uh, you know that's not going to work. And they just stay where they're at, or I'll take my chances here. But if they believe God, you see, back then they had to believe God too. They would move toward the pole. And you know what happened when they looked on the pole? How? How does that do it? What is, what's going on? I don't understand. You don't have to understand. You just have to believe. But what does belief look like? God said it. I'm going to do it. Well, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. God said it. Now, when we get to heaven, or if the Lord chooses to really, He will show you, I believe, why it works the way it does. Scientifically, uh, uh, physics, all, He'll probably map that all up because we have all eternity, but that's not what He's doing right now. What He's asking you to do is to trust us, to trust Him, not us. Him, trust His Word. Okay, you said it, God. You've been trustworthy so far. I believe you're going to be trustworthy now. I'm going to believe you. Well, how does that work? Today, back then, they had to move to the stick. They had to look at it. And looking at it, healing would be released into their life. Today is when we're sick or diseased, we pray. Well, I don't pray. Why? I, I, I just I don't believe it's God's will, right? Well, the Bible says it is. Well, I, you know, I don't believe it's God's will for my life. Well, you get to believe whatever you want, but the Bible teaches differently. Well, listen, I was reading uh, Smith Wigglesworth. He was, <laughs> there was a lady that he was praying for. I was going to bring the whole thing here. I didn't even think I was to talk about it, but I might as well just, it was really impacted me. 
So a lady, he, he, uh, they're asking for prayer for this lady, and he goes over to the lady and said, would you like to get uh, prayed for and be healed? She said, uh, I've, I'm carrying a thorn in the flesh. It's the Lord's will for me to, to be sick. He's given me a thorn in the flesh, and I'm giving God glory. He said, what, what revelation have you got that you would need a thorn in the flesh? Have you written scripture? Are you the apostle Paul? Are you doing these kind of things? And she said, no. And he was, you know, he's a very gruff man. But anyway, that's what he said. And she said she was kind of taken aback. And then he said to her, and if it was God's will for your life, why are you taking medicine? Why are you opposing what you think God wants to do in your life? Something inside of you must believe that it's not God's will for you to be sick or you wouldn't be taking medicine. And all of a sudden, something snapped in her. And she said, oh, it's not God's will for me to be sick. And as soon as he got her to realize that, he prayed for her, and she was totally set free. You see, faith is what opens the door for the promises of God to manifest in our life. What we saw in the prayer that James, in what James is telling us is that prayer is an important key to receiving healing in our lives. But it's not just any prayer. It's a certain kind of prayer. What we saw is that it's the prayer of faith that receives answers. It's the prayer of faith that moves mountains. What we also saw that it's not the actual prayer itself that heals, but the God, to whom, the God who responds to faith. Jesus told us the, important of faith, the importance of faith when he walked the earth, and the word of God continues to emphasize the importance of it for today. As it says in Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to them, if you can believe, this is how we started, all things are possible to those who believe. I hope God's word has sparked faith in you tonight to ask in faith for God's will to be done in your life. Do you believe? If you do, you too can, and I believe will receive. Mm -hmm.